Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. You have made it for rejoicing and gladness among your people. And we thank you, Lord, that we have the spirit of rejoicing dwelling in us. We have the spirit of gladness dwelling in us. We love you, Lord. We magnify you and we extol you, Lord. We bless you and we praise your holy name. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. We just want to take time and and meditate on the truth of that, Lord. So many people have been healed. So many people have been delivered. So many and so many more are yet to receive from you. You did it for everybody. And we are so thankful for that. And we bless you, Lord, and we praise you. Now open up our ears and our hearts and our minds that we will receive the engrafted word, which is able to save our souls. So we thank you and honor you for that blessing, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. So uh, yesterday we talked about the fact that Jesus went all the way. Amen. He went all the way. He didn't hold back anything. He sacrificed himself completely. He received the punishment that was due us so that we don't have to be punished for our sins. Amen. Uh, you can cry out for rescue at any time. You know, sometimes people will say things like, well, you know, I, I got lung cancer and the reason I have it is because I was a smoker and I guess I got what I deserved. Well, you can just step right up and tell that person, no, you didn't deserve that. Jesus took that for you. Amen. So you don't deserve that. You don't have to have that. Amen. You can be free of every single uh, pain, every punishment from sin. Uh, you know, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Amen. You didn't have to run around the Bible to find out the butt part. It was right there. Amen. So you don't have to go through life thinking, well, well, I'm going to die because of my sin. No, it said in the same sentence, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Amen. For those who would repent and receive the gospel. Amen. And so we have to turn away from the old life. You can't have uh, bad and good at the same time. You can't have uh, light and darkness at the same time. Got to choose one or the other. Come into the light and see how you like it. I guarantee you, you'll like it a whole lot better than darkness. Amen. Darkness has very, very bad consequences, very serious consequences. And so we get tired of living out the the wages of sin, you know, without the Lord. And we'll understand that there's a better life and it's available to us. And we are so thankful that God had his son pay the penalty for our sins because we did deserve death. We did deserve to be punished. We deserved all of that. But thank God Jesus paid that for us so that we can. And and it's not so you can go through a life of doing bad so you can get away with something because the Holy Ghost lives in you and he'll stop all that foolishness. (laughs) He'll put a stop to that real quick. Amen. He puts a harness on us that we can't get out from under. Amen. And it's a good thing. We need to be we need to be saved from us. You know, the devil ain't the biggest problem we got. Our biggest problem is us. Amen. And so when we, we get saved from ourselves, that's a big thing. That's a glorious thing. We can be people we never thought we could be before. Amen. 
You know, people want the glory of God and the presence of God so bad they lie about it. Uh-huh, see that stopped everybody. Wake up everybody, I wouldn't have to shock you. You see them get on Facebook and say, I'm a prophet, I'm an apostle, I'm a this and I'm a that. They just lie and they ain't none of that stuff. But they want something from God to elevate themselves so badly, they make something up. Hey, I like this God. He gives you the real thing. You don't have to make nothing up with him. All you got to go is go around your old friends and be yourself. And they'll notice the change. You know, you don't have to have any kind of fictitious something, a title or a, something to try to make you bigger than what you think you are. You're already bigger than what you think you are. Amen? You just don't know how to walk in it properly. It's like I remember when I was first um, uh, in junior high school and all the girls were wearing high heels, you know. And I was one of them bookish kind of chicks. I was a bookworm. I didn't care anything about a whole lot of stuff. But my mother kept telling me, so-and-so walking in high heels, and you need to walk in high heels. I got them things, and I wobbled so much, and my knees locked. And I said, no, I'm going to stay on flats until I can do better, till I'm really motivated. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the way a lot of people are with the new birth and the new life. They don't know how to walk in it. They're pushed, they're pushed by somebody else's uh, words or somebody else's life. They see what somebody else is doing for God. And they push themselves to walk a different way than what God. Maybe he just wants you to get some flats and, and stay with them flats. Or or just be a, on a wedgie, a little wedgie for a little bit and, and be happy there. You know what I'm saying? Just be happy where you are. Be happy for him. Be happy for the cross. Be happy for your salvation. Be happy that the devil don't own you no more. Amen? Be happy for what's real in your life. You don't have to have a title. You're already called beloved. You can't get no closer to God than that. Huh? You know, people pass over the, the goodies looking for the the cream. You know, they, they pass over the best part looking for something they think is better. It always looks better when somebody else is doing it. Amen? The anointing makes everything look easy. But you got to get the anointing. You may think it's a, a short hop from the, the chair to the, the pulpit, but it's a long way. Amen. It may be only three feet distance, but it might take you 20 years to get there. Hey, I still like this guy. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, we just want to say hello to our people on the Internet. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> We welcome all of our friends that are watching on the internet, on Facebook Live, and where else? YouTube, that's right, amen, on our app, praise God. So so we just want to let you know we love you. Happy Resurrection Day, and, and be blessed in the Lord. If anybody out there doesn't know Jesus, you sure need to. And we'll pray a prayer at the end to for anybody who's watching that has not received the blessing, the glorious blessing of eternal life. Amen? Praise God. So yesterday we were talking about uh, the cross and, and what Jesus took in our place. We talked about it as being the great exchange. Amen? They were There was a, a planned exchange for us, and it was done at the cross of Calvary. 
Jesus took upon him all of the curse that should have been given to us. It was rightfully ours. Amen. The curse comes when the laws of God are broken. And we're all born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Amen. People might say stuff like, well, I never done this and I never done that. The Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray. We've gone our own way. Did you get up one day and decide, I'm going to go do this and not that sin? (laughs) Amen. Because you weren't walking with God. So the purpose of Calvary is to reunite us with God in continual fellowship, in love, in blessing, in service, in all of the things that God has ordained for our lives. So once you get saved, you can't predict what God might help you do. You have no clue what he has planned for you. But I know this much. He totally equips us for every good work. He has already ordained the things that he wants us to do. And he's made total provision for it. So there's you're not lacking in anything. There's no more can't do's in your life. Amen. The only thing you got to figure out is, is God with me? Did God ordain this? And is God going to bless me out of it? Amen. And, and go for it. So, so God is a good God and he's made peace. The cross, the blood of the cross caused us to have peace with God. And what that means, that peace is really a big word. It, it, it entails living a life where there's nothing lacking at all in your life. There's nothing missing in your life. There's nothing broken in your life. No broken relationships, no broken body parts, no broken organs, no broken functioning. Everything's intact. Everything's preserved. And everything's in in excellent working condition. And so, and aside from that, the wrath of God has been dispelled by the cross. So he's not mad at our sins and our past anymore. They are forgiven. Forgiven really means that he's not even a little bit upset with us anymore. Amen. That we're on speaking terms already. Amen. You know, I remember when my husband and I would argue sometimes and, and, you know, I, one of us would, would go and cool down, but you didn't go say nothing until you knew the coast was clear. God's forgiveness is not like that. Amen. It, the coast is always clear. Amen. We've been reconciled. Amen. There's nothing owing. We don't owe him anything but to love him, worship him, and honor him. And so this is, and he gives us the ability to do all of those things. You know, sometimes you'll be just in a a so-so mood, some kind of way, as they say. I don't know what that means yet, but hey, that's what, that's what people say. But, uh, You know, the world always has ways for you to camouflage how you really feel. If you're angry, say you're angry. And confess it to God so he can remove it from you. You know, There's nothing in the Bible about some kind of way, but you know what I'm saying. That's the best you can do. God can help you sort it out, but you know what I'm saying. So anyway, but, but God really gives us great peace. I mean, it's undisturbed. So even though you might have a fleeting thought about trouble or, or wonder about something, the peace that he gives us is undisturbed. It's by the Holy Ghost. Amen. So that's one of the fruit of God's spirit is peace. 
And then we can also have joy and, and gladness, all the things, the normal human emotions, but enhanced by God. And, and we can have them all the time. See, when you live apart from God, you have to have everything right in your life to be happy. And joy's out of the question. You gotta go get something to drink or snort or smoke or something to get joy. Oh, okay, I see. We, we have people here. Huh? I know you youngsters don't know nothing about it, but some of these vets in here know exactly what I'm talking about. Amen. All you Nazarites out there never drink any wine, don't cut your hair, all that kind of good stuff. But, uh, you know, it, it, that's, that's what the world, that's why they work so hard to get that stuff. Cause they, they don't, they can barely stay happy. And they want to go beyond that and get joy. Well, you have joy inside of you all the time. All you have to do is yield to, all you got to do is think about the devil ain't going to get you when you die. You can have so much joy off of that. You can live off of that for 50 years. Amen. That can make you more than happy. So God is ordained for us uh, to to reflect at this time. We're going to reflect on what Jesus did at Calvary. Uh, we won't go through everything we went through yesterday. You can get the recording for that. I think you can go on our app and get it. You can replay it on YouTube and, and on Facebook. So you can get all of that uh, and listen to it over again. Because I believe if we get this foundation correct, if you really understand Calvary and keep this as a foundation for your life in God, you you won't miss much and you'll have a joyful life. You'll have a joy that's productive. You'll have a good relationship with God. Everything will line up correctly if you understand what that did for us and how we can enjoy this life. So when we talked about the exchange yesterday, he took on our sin and our guilt and all that so that we could have a peaceful mind. We could have peace with God. Our souls could be set free from the burden of sin, the burden of guilt, all of that. Jesus took all of that upon him. Amen. He was falsely accused. So guilt was labeled on him. Amen. It was levied on him. He was beaten. Amen. So pain was put upon him. We don't have to live in pain anymore. Amen. The atonement has taken care of all of that. So there are, there's a great price that's been paid for everything. Amen. That we need from God. I mean everything. And so when we think about that, you think about the fact that if you, where you used to have to go to the doctor, you used to have to uh, get pills for different things. You can come to the altar of God. And use your faith. And you don't have to beg God, could you please heal me? It's already done. Amen. He's done everything he's going to do. It's paid for by his precious blood. So we don't have to continue to beg and plead and ask and wonder. There's no doubt here anymore. Calvary did away with the doubt factor. Because it was certain what God did. We knew it was a certain thing. The price was paid. And so many different signs that Jesus showed that were shown during that time period when he went to the cross and died and was raised again uh, were, were proofs that the atonement was done, that we have access now to God's throne room. We can go in 
and plead our case before God. You can ask anything that you need. Amen. But when you come out of that throne room, you've got to leave in faith knowing that you received it. Amen. You can't leave out wondering because Calvary took takes the doubt and the wonder out of everything. It takes the if out of everything. What did Jesus tell the, the gentleman who had the little boy that needed to be healed? He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. Amen. If you can believe. So the believing responsibility is on us. And how do we get faith by hearing the word of God? We have to continually hear God's word to receive faith for the things that we need from God. Amen. So when we listen to God's word, when we meditate on God's word, that's where the faith comes from. Why do you think some of your relatives that you, you've told them about Jesus already? They see you going to church. They see you do this. They see you do that. They see you do the other. You don't waver. You don't vacillate. Why do you think it takes them 10 years watching you to finally accept the Lord? Because they have to continually hear that. They have to continually. God will bring it to their remembrance. They'll meditate on on that in their times when when they can't think of anything else. And I wonder if that's. I wonder if, well, maybe this is what my cousin is doing that makes their life so much better. You understand what I'm saying? So they have to keep hearing. The Holy Ghost keeps reminding. That word keeps going back to them, reflecting on, reflecting. They keep hearing and hearing and hearing. Then finally they're convinced. Amen? They can be convinced with a one-time conversation with a believer. That word is strong enough to follow them everywhere they go. And convince them in the dark of their midnight hour, amen, that that's the right decision to make. So God has his word. He has faith out there for us to do everything that we need to do in him. So we're going to talk some more about some of the other things that that happened as a result of Calvary. And we're going to talk about the blood and why his blood, the shedding of his blood was so essential to take away our sin and provide for that. In Leviticus chapter 4, let me turn there. Well, you can turn there with me. Leviticus chapter 4. It is, what, fourth or fifth book of the Bible? It's in the Old Testament. I should re- I'm reminding myself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Leviticus chapter 4. What do we say? Praise God. In verse 4 it says, And the priest shall bring the bullock unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, and he shall lay his hand upon the bullock's head and kill the bullock before the Lord. And the priest that is anointed shall take the bullock's blood and bring it to the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle of the blood seven times before the Lord, before the veil of the sanctuary. And the priest shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar of sweet incense before the Lord, which is in the tabernacle of the congregation. And he shall pour all the blood of the bullock 
at the bottom of the altar of the burnt offering, which is at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Now, the sevenfold sprinkling is important because Jesus uh, was shed blood seven different times while he was being beaten and punished for our sin. So the Bible is consistent from Genesis to Revelation. You won't find an inconsistency, a gap, any controversy. You know, people say, well, the Bible contradicts itself. You ain't read it all. And if you did read it, you didn't get the Holy Ghost to tell you what it says. You're just trying to figure stuff out with your mind. Just keep reading. Amen. Keep reading. Amen. God will clear up every controversy. He doesn't mind being challenged by our little puny minds. Amen. So the first place that Jesus shed blood was in the garden. The Bible says that he sweated drops of blood as he agonized decision-making. Now, many times we get depressed, nervous, and nothing's happened to us. We just have to make a decision. You got me? It's like something you say, for instance, you don't have enough money, you think, to pay all your bills. And you'll wring your hands and wonder, well, who can I skip this time and where am I going to get money from? Uh, listen, there was bloodshed for your agony. Quit agonizing and ask God to pay your bills for you. Hey, <laughs> I like this God. What are you sweating? You trying to sweat drops of blood and he already did it for you. Worried about this and worried about that and worried about. Huh? All you got to do is is be in the will of God. Make up your mind to obey God. Just like he did. When he agonized at the end, he said, not my will, but yours be done. Amen. So he's already paid the price of agonizing to make a decision to serve God. And to follow God and to ask God to help you. That's already been taken care of. So you can just say, God, I thank you for taking care of this for me and go to bed and go to sleep. There are no wrong decisions in God unless you're just rebelling against him. But many times the best decision you know how to make at the time, he'll honor it. And if he can't totally honor it, he'll help you and perfect it and show you how he can help you even when you've made a mistake. When you make mistakes, just go to God and say, God, I missed it. I'm sorry. I was doing the best I could. And he said, I know it, but see, you should have listened a little longer. You should have done this. That's all he'll do is help you to get in the right situation, in the will. But we don't worry. We don't fret. We don't fear. We don't agonize. Amen? Because he took that. He he shed blood so you don't have to go through that torture, the mental torture of not knowing what to do. He was beaten by the high priest. Amen. His body was broken for our healing. By his stripes, we are healed. His hair was plucked out of his beard by the high priest. Amen. So they, they beat him. They scourged him. Then the, he was scourged by the Romans. That's the fourth time blood was shed for us. The, the Romans platted a crown of thorns and placed it on his head. So his head was pierced. Amen. You ever have a headache? What do we say? Splitting headache? 
He paid for that. Amen. He paid for that. So you can thank him. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you bore the pain of my splitting headache. You know, people think, well, God can heal this, but he can't heal that. Oh, it's a migraine. I don't care if it's he grain, your grain, her grain, she grain. He paid the price for it. Nothing's too hard for God. His blood was shed again for the sixth time when he was nailed to the cross. And then again, his side was pierced and blood and water flowed out. So that's the sevenfold sprinkling of blood that is consistent with what was done in the Old Testament. Amen? The priest made sure that the, the, um, the holy place was sanctified by the sevenfold sprinkling of blood. And so Jesus shed blood seven times to sanctify forever us. His blood sanctifies us. Amen? And that's your proof of your sanctification right there. He made an atonement for the souls of men. The life of the flesh is in the blood, and any soul that sins shall die. So our souls had to be saved. Amen? Our spirits are reborn because the Holy Spirit, whenever the Holy Spirit lives in anything, it's alive. Amen? So our spirits are reborn, but our souls had to be redeemed. Our souls have to be bought back. Our souls have to have the benefit of the life of Christ. And so all of the suffering are, so, you know, pain has more to do with your brain than it does with your body. We experience everything with our brains first and then with our bodies. You ever see people who can get distracted and they don't feel pain anymore or they'll start laughing and and say they say they say oh I, I don't I don't have that pain no more well because you broke the connection between your brain and your pain receptors in your body amen you know people will say things like mind over matter no it's not that at all amen it's the fact that when your soul is not engaged in your physical body you can live a real good life. Amen. You can live pain free. You can live worry free. Amen. You can worry so much. People have gotten ulcers. They've gotten heart attack and heart disease. Men's heart failing them for fear. All of those things are liable to come upon us. Amen. Because, because of the connection between soul and body. If you can, if you can change either of those, you can receive anything you need. When you change your mind and decide to go God's way, your life gets better. Wonder why. Some people are just as broke, just as crippled, just as feeble after they're saved than before. But they, you couldn't tell it. They don't have a care in the world. They say, how you doing? I'm doing real good. You know, and you look at them, you think, well, you know, I ain't going to mess that up with my mouth. You know, <laughs> looking too good, but, you know, because because your soul has been redeemed. Your soul has come into a place of peace with God. Your soul understands that there's no trouble anymore, no matter what your your body looks like, what it feels like. This is how people can say that they're healed even when they have symptoms. 
because they agree with the word of God. They meditate on that word and then they finally get convinced in their soul that the God's word is true. Amen. Your spirit's healed. There's nothing wrong with your spirit. Amen. Your spirit then is able to help your soul. So when you start to meditate on the word, your mind hears it, your ears hear it, your mind receives it. Your mind only has to say yes to that word and start thinking and meditating on it. And pretty soon it gives your fear, your spirit gets filled with the word of God. Amen. So there's nothing wrong with your spirit, but he has to grow some in the things of God. So the mind is very, very important in feeding the spirit. And in feeding your body, your mind can command your limbs to move and they'll move when they haven't moved before. Your, 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 uh, your mind can command your muscles to be still. Your mouth can through, through the, uh, the word of the organ of speaking. You can transfer that power from your mind to your body just by speaking. Amen. So when you, when you understand that your confession and your words are essential to appropriating everything that God has done for us, you'll be more apt to want to speak the word. Amen. You, you want to cooperate with God in that way. Amen. Don't worry about how it sounds to your ears. Your ears might be the last one to come in line, but your spirit can, your soul can. Your ears are attached too much to the outside world, so they're going to be confused from time to time. But pretty soon you can make your ears obey us. And now listen, ears, you got to hear this right. I'm healed. You understand? We heal. This body is going to get up and move the way it's supposed to move. Amen. We're not going to have any kind of, of, of uh, weakness. We're not going to have any kind of infirmity. We are healed. So body, let's get in line. Soul, let's get in line. Huh? You you change any two items and the third one has to fall in line. Once your soul starts to meditate on the word, your spirit begins to agree and feed back one to another, to another, to another. Then your body must cooperate. Cause the soul, the spirit and the soul and double teamed him. He, he ain't go, he ain't got no chance now. Body's got to fall in line. Amen. So, so this is how we receive our healing. This is how we receive what we need. Revelations 12, 11, you'll see that very familiar scripture to all of us. says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lambs, what we're talking about now, the blood that Jesus shed for the different things that we need, and by the word of our testimony, and they didn't love their lives unto the death. You can't hold on to you and your stuff and all that and God too. You're going to have to let one go in order to have. This is an exchange. You exchange one for the other. So you can't get saved and and continue to live for yourself. When you're saved, you live for God, period. Self don't want nothing no more. Self just going to have to wait its turn (laughs) if it ever comes. Amen. Your new creation man wants to live. Now he finally got a chance to live. Why are you going to let your soul and and your, your flesh cheat him your old man cheat him out of his life. 
So when you walk into this life, you have to, you can't struggle with God about everything anymore. You can't struggle with him about, you know, people say, well, God's dealing with him, me. I said, honey, he dealt with me one time and I got the message. I don't know why you got to have so much dealing. Huh? You just pretending over there. Amen. He dealt with me one time. When I said yes to Jesus, I automatically said no to me, no to my wants. If they can't pass through the blood and be sanctified, I don't get it. It's not coming to me. Amen. Now, I can want all I want to, but until God releases it to me, it's not coming. So I might as well give it up and go do something else. Huh? We used to, when I was a little girl, we used to complain, Mama saw us, so girl, go get up and do something else. She just got sick of us complaining. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, I mean, it's a good thing to do. You, you live a life full of frustration and upset trying to get your old life back from God. Huh? You knew some people creep over, you know, let it creep back over in there, but you better get rid of it as fast as you can or you will not be an overcomer. The blood will not work for you. You will not have the things that you need from God. Amen. So when you live that crucified life, when you let go of you and all your little plans and all you, I just always want it. Well, you better always want someplace else because you ain't getting it kingdom wise. Huh? It's got to pass through the blood. It's got to be sanctified. You got to let go of it and see if God will give it back to you. That young man that was very wealthy, remember, Jesus told him, he said, what do I have to do to get eternal life? I've heard preachers, you know, you preachers seldom preach that one. Huh? Because what did Jesus tell him to do? Give away everything. Yes, right. Get broke and then come. How many preachers want broke people sitting up in their congregation? Well, God wouldn't make you part with all your money. That I don't that that don't sound like God to me. You need to take it and go to the street, the church down the street, huh? I've heard them say, and you know, God immediately gave it back to him after he said yes to the Lord. I said, Are you kidding me? Are you you telling me God is involved in mayhem, madness, chicanery, foolishness, mischief, and skullduggery, huh? And shenanigans. Why would He play with Him like that? When God says something, He means it. Your money, you like your money too much. I'm gonna prove it to you right now, because the boy kept his money and walked on away, didn't he? If you got something you love more than God, you're not worthy of the kingdom. I mean, it's in the word. I know we don't hear it much, not popular, not religiously correct or whatever, not in line with faith and prosperity and all those things. You know, God don't want you to be broke, but you're going to have to get it his way. You get anything you want from God, but you got to get it his way. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. So we overcome by the blood of the lamb. So we need to know what the blood does for us. 
You know, that's what I'm thinking. Amen. In in Exodus 12, the Passover lamb was provided for total protection. Amen. When when God called people out, he made the elders of the families responsible. That means dad stepped up and every he was a covering for the whole household. And so he told them, he said, you know, take your take the, the lamb without spot and kill it outside of the house and take some hyssop and, and put it over the top, the, the, the top of the, uh, in the side lentils of the door. I guess a lentil is the top. And then the two sides of that doorway. And everybody who obeys God is saved. See what I'm saying? So this, this, uh, the situation with them going into the house so that the death angel would pass over the house. This wasn't no night for stargazing. Or little Timmy that wanted, well, you know, I I told my girlfriend I was going to come by her place. And I thought maybe I know you come home with daddy, say come home or you a dead man. You got me? And that's for everybody. So when daddy said everybody in the house and locked the door, everybody that was going to live had to get inside that door. Amen. And so, and this is proper spiritual authority. You know, women don't go behind your husband's back and tell your kids they can do stuff. I don't care if you think he wrong. God will make him right and you wrong. You are stepping out of order here. But see, that was a good night to obey dad. That's what I think. Because the death angel came and killed everybody that was not inside those doorways. Even some Egyptians got real friendly with their Hebrew neighbors. I know you think we don't like y'all over here, but I was liking you all along. I mean, it ain't got nothing to do with the fact that all this is getting ready to leap off. So they were allowed to take others in. God told them just just make sure everybody eats of that lamb so that nothing is left till the morning. This ain't no occasion for a doggy bag. You understand what I'm saying? You do what God tells you to do in this. Amen. And so everybody that obeyed God and walked through the blood, walked under the blood, everybody who was under the blood, that had it on top and on the sides. Amen. Now, why didn't they put blood on the threshold, on the bottom? Well, for one thing, when remember when when uh, God had Abraham made that covenant with Abraham and he put him to sleep and and he told him to kill those animals in a smoking glass and a burning furnace, walk between the pieces. Your feet covered with blood is a sign of eternal power. There was no eternal power in this. There was just power for this one occasion. So when the blood, once they pass through that doorway, what do you say? The death angel is coming and he won't get you for this one time. If they had walked in blood, that would have made Calvary unnecessary. You got me? Man never walked through blood before God. 
Amen? God went through those bloody pieces himself. They, the, they believe the fire, father was the, the, uh, the, uh, fire, the furnace and, and Jesus was the lamp. Amen. And so they walk through on behalf of man. See, if man walked through blood, he would lived in sin eternally. Walking through blood represents eternal covering. Eternal. You got me? That's why Jesus' blood was shed freely for mankind. It was totally spilled out. No more blood needs to be spilled. Amen. When that blood was given and he took blood up to the mercy seat in heaven. Amen. That's when eternal life was given to man. That's eternal life. You'll see some some cultures where they put blood on the threshold of a house. Because and they put it all over. And let people walk through, letting people know when you come in this house, you will not be killed by me. See, people who are enemies like Arabs and Jews and, and people in those kinds of cultures where they're, they're sworn enemies forever, they'll do operations like that. Tribal people do stuff like that, where you, that is the safest, most secure thing you could do is walk through blood. Amen. And so God allowed that to be reserved for Calvary. Eternal life was reserved for one blood that was shed. You'll notice all of the blood <clears throat> that was shed was it was very careful. God didn't let when when the uh priests kill the animals, they didn't let blood spill on the ground. It was caught in a basin. Amen. So they did not step in blood. Amen. So so these are things that God reserves for Calvary. Because there are people, I'm sure, that walk through Jesus' blood because it was spilled out on the cross. You understand what I'm saying? His blood was shed freely so that his blood has eternal value and his is the only blood that has eternal value. Amen? So that that position was reserved for him. So we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. You've got to receive that that was shed for you. When we receive communion, what we call Holy Communion, the body and the blood of Jesus comes into us. His, his, we get an exchange there. We exchange whatever it is that we don't need in our lives. It's good to come to that table repentant, man. Just get it out of there. God, I'm, I'm sick. I run my mouth too much. I, you know, cause trouble here and there. I want to be rid of that stuff. And you died. You shed blood so I don't have to be a troublemaker, an outcast, a blabbermouth, a liar, whatever we do. So you can take communion through that and allow the Lord to, uh, to, to deliver you from that. You know, people say, well, the word delivers. Communion delivers too. We got a lot of ways. God don't have just one way to do anything for anybody. It all delivers if you know how to use it right. You need to go to God and find out what you need to do. Because there are many things in this word that God would use to set our deliverance in order. I, I went through a spell years ago with um, uh, bladder infections that seemed to not want to go away. And I was a Christian. I told God, I said, God, I really don't like this. I said, I don't like running 
to the doctor all the time. I don't want to take all these pills. I know, you know, after a while, pills don't work no more. You know, you you the bugs in your body get smart and they say, oh, she taking that again. Let's do something different. <laughs> they switch up on you. Amen. You know, case okay, so look at this Rona thing that's going around. Now, I didn't know that the coronavirus knows the difference between a Walmart and a Ponderosa, but apparently it does. Because Walmart can be open to Ponderosa is closed. Smart bug. Huh? But I went through that for a season. I kept telling the Lord, I said, God, I need to do something. God, he told me, he said, he says, I will bless your bread and your water and take sickness away from the midst of you. So I had bread and water for three days and the infection left. Tried to come back again and God said, I'll make an utter end. Affliction will not rise up a second time. So you say it all day long you meditate it all and go to bed saying it wake up saying it until you're convinced and your body finally falls in line with the word of god that's how you overcome through the blood of the lamb the blood says we're redeemed and the bible says let the redeemed of the lord say so so we need to go around saying we're redeemed Remind yourself first you're redeemed. Don't worry about the devil. He knows everything. You understand me? He knows about you. He knows your habits. You tell yourself first. Amen. Make sure you're convinced of your redemption. So that Passover lamb provided the total protection. They, everybody that went in, in that door, they closed it till morning. Amen. Let me just grab that in the word. Exodus 12. It's a wonderful, marvelous thing that God did for his people. God flexed his muscles like he never flexed them before that night. Tell you that much. And starting in verse 21, Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin. Not just dropping everything that blood was caught because it was precious. The life of all flesh is in the blood. There's life in that. And strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you go out that door of the house till morning. Amen. So all you folks that like to kick it till 3 a.m., this ain't for you. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Somebody always got a different idea. Amen. God was able to spare all of his people. And in in some of the Egyptians, because the Bible says when Moses finally got the people across the Red Sea, there was a mixed multitude of people. So it wasn't just all Hebrews. It was some smart Egyptians in that town that day. Amen. And so nobody was to be refused. God always accepts everybody who comes by faith. You got me? Accepts everybody. And so um, the... uh, 
the priority here is not to stay alive, but to do God's will. So when, when people would, you know, you could imagine, oh, there's going to be a death angel. Maybe I should run over here, run over there. See, the priority with, with anything that you need in life is not your life. That's why you overcome by not loving your life to the death. You don't have any good ideas right now. You don't have anything just jump, some just popped into your head. You should do it this way. This is not time for creative activities. This is time for obedience. And if you obey God and do his will, then blessings will come to you. I don't care where you are. I don't care what kind of season it is, according to the season people. I don't care who tells you otherwise. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen? Because if these people did disobeyed, they was going to be the sacrifice. <laughs> you hear me? But God would rather have obedient people than to have us, you know, bringing bulls and goats all day long. And he got to a point where he said, I don't take any pleasure in that. Do you realize that's not what I want from you? What I want from you, I prepared a body already. Sacrifices and offerings I would not have, but a body I have prepared to take the place of your body that's sinful so that I can give you life and that more abundantly. He said, I want you to live. I want to do things for you. And so the sacrifice... Don't think sacrificing is a big thing, folks. Because none of us have done what Jesus did. You know, sometimes we think if we go without this or do without that, yeah, well, God, I gave all that. Like Peter said, Lord, we've left all for you. He said, you think you have. <laughs> you got more to give. <laughs> Amen. And I know how to get it from you, too. A lot of times we think we're doing everything right. Or, you know, we just, just, you know, pat yourself on the back field. And you should feel good about obeying God. But don't think that's all to your obedience. Amen. Well, I don't know what else I could give. He has, oh, it's on the way. He'll show you what else you can give. Amen. You just think you have. I don't care if y'all don't like it. I like it. Preach for myself. Huh? You know, we should be ashamed of ourselves sometimes, American Christians. You know, you, you, you get, uh, you even get exposed, you know, for, for several years in our empowerment meeting, we prayed for persecuted Christians. I saw a film one time of, of some Christians that were, uh, waiting for Bibles to be delivered to them. And you have thought they were starving people. And the, there was just one morsel of food. They just dove into that pile of Bibles when they were, they were so hungry for God's word. And, and we, you know, if we don't have our paycheck on, we, you know, stimulate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we ready to go check in the bank all the time. Ready to go off on the government or something. Yeah, I knew them old people, them Republicans. They Republicans ain't doing this this time. You got to blame somebody else, you know. We always ready to blame somebody. <laughs> Amen. Just because your stimmy is late. Huh? And there's people in foreign countries, they'll get murdered if they find out they're Christians. 
to whom much is given, much is required. Got to check into what's required, folks. Got to fulfill our requirements. Amen. So the blood covers only the obedient. You see that right there in Exodus 12. If you're obedient, the blood covers you. You disobedient, you don't do what God says. Or, you know, you got a better idea. You got some shortcuts you like to check or to, 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 uh, take. You're not covered. Amen. Not sanctified. You're not, you, you're set apart by obedience to God. I mean, it's come on, y'all. That's just step one. Don't ever try to see how much you can, can get away with. And still have your paycheck or still have your this or still that's su that's you know, that's <laughs> potential suicide, I might as well say it. Amen. It's I'd I'd rather just go do something else, you know, but don't don't mess with God's word like that. Give yourself fully to God. Do what you know to do and be willing to do more. Do what you do until you can't do no more and then be willing to do more. Amen. First Peter one two find that. He says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. So obedience entitles us to the sprinkling of blood, to the covering of the blood. What does the blood give us? We're going to get to that in a minute. It tell you everything that the blood does for you, and then that'll That'll convince you that obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than just doing things your own way and wondering if it's okay with God. And when something goes wrong, you wonder why you didn't get what you were supposed to get, why this didn't work out. Amen? You're not covered. You've done something crazy, went your own way, had a better idea, come up with something (laughs) of nonsense. Amen? So we must agree with God in order to partake of the blood. You gotta agree with the word as it's written. There's a reason that Jesus talked to Satan that way. He's not talking about some words you heard somebody preach and it sounded real good. You gotta go back and find out what's written. You know, that's why I keep my Bible open all the time. When I'm ministering to God's people. Because I want the word to guide me in what I tell you. And I want you to be able to verify that what I'm saying lines up with the word. Amen. I don't dig these preachers that just get up and, and fly and run their mouth for two hours and don't, don't open no Bible. Don't give you a script or they get up and read a scripture. Or have one of the the assistants read it. And then they go off on another tangent preaching and don't even open the Bible again. Spread ignorance. We don't do that here. Amen. Jesus said it is written. In other words, Satan, I'm not making it up as I go along. You want to check me out, go read a Bible. But it's written. Amen. And that's what you want to stay with. Amen. 
So we have to testify what the Bible says about the blood. Amen? So, and agree with what God says, and we will partake of the benefits of the blood. Ephesians 1.7 says that we have redemption through the blood. What does it mean to be redeemed? It means that there was a price paid for you, or you could really say there was a debt owed that you owed, and that debt has been paid for you. We wouldn't know how to pay the debt. We don't have the resources to pay the debt. All we can do is receive the payment and thank God that it's paid. Amen. So it says here in Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption, it says in verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Amen. And it says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Amen. And so when we come to God, we come expecting that the price has been paid for our forgiveness. Amen. You couldn't do enough in the sight of God to convince him to forgive you. You have to rely on what his son did and know that that is full payment for the obedient. Amen. The obedient in their hearts, the obedient in their confession the obedient in what they speak, all of that has to line up. So we are redeemed. Psalm 107.2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What are we redeemed from? Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Not having to obey the word or obey the law, but from the curse when we break it. Huh? God knows we're going to disobey it. So he takes care of the fat part, is the curse. Amen. So as long as you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. People walk around half cleansed or not cleansed at all. They think they don't have to confess anymore. Amen. Confession got you saved. See, we want to confess the word for the stuff we want. But we don't want to confess when we're disobedient. Amen. Amen. The Bible also says if you walk in the light as he is in the light. Then you have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus cleanses you as you walk in the light. But you walk out of the light, you got to confess and get forgiven, folks. Let's not get stupid around here. See, I'm looking to do more to please God, not less. More 100% more. Amen. Because <laughs> God is 100% real. Jesus didn't hold anything back. Why should I? Amen. Everybody's always coming up with something new. They need to perfect what they got. And go on and start to heal broken bodies. If you know God so well, start healing some people. You know, praying for the sick. Doing some things to really alleviate human suffering. We don't need no new doctrine, and we don't need no twist on old doctrine. We need believers that the word can be confirmed through them. You understand me? 
So God confirms his word with signs following to those who are obedient. Amen. Psalm 51, 7, Jesus, I mean, uh, 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 David prayed that God would purge him with hyssop, wash him. He was referring back to the Passover. Amen. Purge me with the power of your blood. Amen. Forgive me. Wash me clean. Help me to to get beyond the place where I am now, feeling guilty. So after Nathan confronted him, Nathan the prophet confronted him about murder and uh, uh, um, adultery. He needed to be purged. You know, when you turn your back on God, you need to be purged. All iniquity is sin. Amen? It's so easy. The Bible says they easily beset us. You know what I'm saying? You can get in the wrong frame of mind and go do something stupid. Amen. Romans 5, 9, we are justified by his blood. That means that we are saved from the penalty. Justification means that you have been made just or you have been made right or you have been made upstanding before God. Amen. So justification really means that you are acquitted and not guilty. There is no such thing as innocent. Huh? In fact, even at a court of law, you know, if you went to a court and they say, well, we're charging you with so-and-so, you, you can't even, you can't say innocent. That, that's not, they say, what are you talking about? That ain't no plea. We don't have a we don't have a, a punch button for that one. Huh? You're either guilty, not guilty, no contest, or uh um what's the other one? Uh oh, reason of insanity. You can plead you know what I'm saying, you can put that plea in there. And that place is booked up, okay? Everybody wanna be insane all of a sudden, is it? I just know I was crazy when I you ain't that. No, that don't apply to you. Huh? So you're either guilty or, but you notice innocent is not on there. No? Even after you're acquitted, you're not innocent. They don't say you're innocent. They say you're not guilty because you were once charged. And that's us. We were once charged, but we're not guilty. Amen. Not guilty is good because it takes the guilt off of you. Guilt is what, what messes people up, you know, a lot. You, you can't live a peaceful life with guilt hanging over you. Amen. Adam and Eve were innocent before they sinned. And them's the only innocent people that ever were. And they didn't stay innocent for very long. Amen. Three chapters and they was guilty. You got me? I guess you could say Jesus was innocent, amen, because he never sinned and he was sinless. So he's the only one. So, so that, that, in other words, that spot is already spoken for. That spot ain't up for grabs. Amen. So, all right. So that's your justification. Amen. You're, you've been determined not guilty and acquitted because of the blood. It was shed in your place. Punish with, 
punishment was handed down already, to punish you would be double jeopardy. So that's how you can speak to a symptom, and it has to leave you. Amen? Because of double jeopardy, Jesus already carried it, took it. Amen? Doesn't belong to you. So when you're... uh, uh, and the uh, number four is sanctification. Hebrews thirteen twelve. You are sanctified. That means you are set apart and made holy. Amen. You know, Christians, you know, we kind of like funny people sometimes. We think we excuses or uh, exceptions will be made for us in certain cases. Amen. Sometimes you're you're connecting in the wrong way with the wrong people. You know, they like sometimes people like certain people and you forget you've been set apart. Let me find it. He, Hebrews 13:12, wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood is as in when the, the, the blood was sprinkled on the priest. It was put on his ear and his toe. I mean, they had all kinds of ceremonies for sanctifying the priest. After that was done, he he couldn't touch anybody that wasn't sanctified as well. When Jesus was was saw Mary in the in the garden and she thought he was a gardener and he called her by name. She recognized him and she wanted to go and and touch him like old times. And he told her not to touch him because he was sanctified. He hadn't yet been to the Holy of Holies in heaven to present the blood at the uh, mercy seat up there. He said, touch me not. I have not yet been to my father and your father. So he was ceremonially clean, which means he was set apart to do his priestly duties. And for somebody who wasn't clean to touch him would have made him unclean. You got me? And so he, the priest was not allowed. If we're a royal priesthood, we got no business being friends with sinners and going to their parties and doing overnights with them and dating them and all this kind of crazy stuff. Well, you know, my new boyfriend, he he ain't asked me to marry And he ain't going to ask you to marry him. Because you're sanctified. You wake up and smell the coffee. You know, you see these little Christian young people beating their heads against a brick wall trying to be friends with people. And they shun them, don't want to be around them when they Call when you call them, they real short with you, cause you're sanctified. Get a clue. I don't care who you like and what you think is okay. You still sanctified. That blood purchased you once and for all and set you apart. Amen. You might as well have a sign on your back that says, "Kick me, I deserve it." why we always getting kicked by sinners. You know, certain people you get around, you don't understand why they don't like you. And uh-huh. Right. They ain't supposed to like you. 
you got a big tattoo on your forehead that says, stay away from me. Huh? You'll get the shock of your life. Huh? And don't listen to these guys telling, talking all this, you know, unclean talk. You know, that's, that's what it is. It's just unclean. You know, people see your your picture on Facebook and want to send you a note. And I say, you're a Christian talking like that? Don't talk to me like that. I'm a holy woman. I don't know what kind of holy hoes you've been messing around with. But uh, am I right, Poppy? Am, am I telling the truth here, Poppy? Can you help me out? No, I ain't one of them. I'm really sanctified. Hey, give a sister a break. Huh? <laughs> you know, you try to be nice. I said, well, well, son, I got shoes older than you. Huh? That's all right. Everything all right. I said, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna end the conversation. Just delete. Huh? Delete. <laughs> Praise God. We have communion with God through the blood broke down every barrier that kept us from getting close to him. That's who you should be trying to get closer to. Because you can't get unsaved. He saves to the othermost. David said, where can I go to escape you? If I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I reside in heaven, you're there too. I just can't get away from you, God. (laughs) Huh? Just because you got grown and left home, that don't mean God left you. Huh? (laughs) So he separates our sin from us so that he can have fellowship with us. Amen? We have communion because of the blood. Amen? In communion, the force of God's life is appropriated to take the place of our weaknesses. Amen. We have also a new residence because of the blood. Amen. In Hebrews 12, let's see where we start with that. Trying to see. I didn't mark down exactly the scripture. I come, let me come back to that because I want to make sure it ties in with the blood. Um, <clears throat> we have access, Hebrews 10, 19. We have access to God, to his throne, where the provision is, where the meeting place is. We have all of that through his blood. Amen. We have, um, uh, let me see what I say, access. That means confidence and freedom of speech. You have freedom to speak to God and speak to him of the things that you desire, the things that you need. You can talk to him freely about what he expects from you. All of those things. The blood frees you up to speak God's language, to be close to him, to share his thoughts, all of that. Access is very important. Amen. Many of us would do many things, but we lack access to the ability to do it, 
or access to the right connections to get things done. Amen. So God gives us access to him. From there, he makes all the connections you will ever need. Amen. We have been ransomed by the blood. First Peter 1, 18 and 19. If there's ever any debt that we owed, it has been paid for. Debt is what keeps you bound. You've been ransomed from every thing that you have ever done that could be counted against you. A ransom was paid, the drop was made, and you've been released. Amen? You have been totally released and set free to serve God. You've been set free to serve Him, not set free to go do anything you want to do. You have testimony of the blood. The testimony of the blood can speak for you because it speaks better things than that of Abel. The blood of Abel was always held against mankind, the shedding of innocent blood, until Christ came and paid. Amen? Because sin accumulates, guilt accumulates, debt accumulates, till somebody pays it. That's how people can have these generational problems. You know, curses that come on bloodlines, because it follows through until a ransom is paid for our souls. Amen? So the testimony of the blood works on our behalf. Colossians 1.19, we have peace through the blood. When God saw his son's blood poured out, his wrath was satisfied. So he's not angry at us to have to punish us anymore for our sins, so long as we confess. Amen? And we have been purchased by the blood. The blood of sprinkling paid for us to have access to a new place called the heavenly Jerusalem or the Mount Zion that is from heaven. And and we have a different company. This is why we're sanctified. God has not called us to keep the same old company again that we used to come to have. And it says here, but you have not come unto Mount Zion or the city of the living God on earth. Amen. But you have come to the heavenly Jerusalem. So this is your company. Your company is an innumerable company of angels. Amen. You have come to the general assembly in the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. So you're not a gang member anymore. You're not a low life anymore. You're not an alcoholic, a drug addict, a crazy person. You are part of the general assembly of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. And to God, the judge of all. And to the spirits of just men made perfect. So your company is that of people just like you. Only they've gone to heaven and be, been perfected now. That's your, that's who you hang around. That's your company. You're a call to those people. Amen. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Amen. That's why you're sanctified. You're sanctified to enjoy all of that. Well, I don't know how to enjoy angels. Oh, you'll find out. Huh? When did your stimmy come on time this time? You can thank angels for making sure it got here. Because if them thieves in the government had they way, you would never got stimmy, honey. They didn't want you to get what you got. Huh? It's the truth. They're experts at taking money. Amen. They make a, they take yours quietly and then give it back to you and make a big splash out of it. 
So you think they really doing so. Don't get it twisted. Amen. God is the one who is your provider. Amen. And he's got more besides. Don't let him. We ain't go, We don't have to stop at them little stimmies. We can get as much as we want anytime, all the time. It's always a season of blessing. You come to an innumerable company of angels. Your company is the souls of just people made perfect, honey. Your company is not them thugs and bums and people you think is so much fun to be around. If you'd act right, they'd be like you. Huh? They want what you have. Sometimes we don't have sense enough to understand it. Play ourselves too cheap sometimes and don't really check in to where your real company is. Amen? You tell people, listen, oh, excuse me, I I wanted to pay attention to your conversation, but I was listening to conversation in heaven. That's my home. Amen. Then my peeps up there. Amen. All right, why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for what you have done in helping us today. Did I make it, Cloretta Tyara? Thank you. Understanding what we have to, uh, that what you have done for us, Father. We want understanding. You told us in all our getting to get understanding. So we thank you for that, Father. We bless you and we praise you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth to receive all blessing and glory and honor and power and praise. Miss Nola, if you want to start arranging people to just get in front of a chair and, and we'll, uh, I didn't want to forget the master's touch. You're going to be touched by God today. Amen. So just make sure we're going to have everybody stand so you can receive the blessing. Make sure you get what God has for you. Amen.